standing on the promises of Christ my King. Through eternal ages let His praises ring. Glory in the highest I will shout and sing. Standing on the promises of God. Standing, standing, standing on the promises of God my Savior. Standing, standing, I'm standing on the promises of God. Standing on the promises I cannot fall. Listening every moment to the Spirit's call. Resting in my Savior as my all in all. Standing on the promises of God. Standing, standing, standing on the promises of God, my Savior. Standing, standing, I'm standing on the promises of God.
like the sound of the symphony to my ears. It's like holy water. Oh. 
darkness rejoiced as though heaven had lost. But then Jesus arose with our freedom in hand. That's when death was arrested and my life began. Yeah. time of worship this morning. Thank everyone who's a part of our team here at First Church and for all the work that's being done uh, to allow us to remain connected with one another. And uh, it's, it's good to be with you this morning and we thank you all uh, for tuning in and being a part of this, this time. If anyone had told us at the beginning of this year when we were making our New Year's resolutions that we would uh, be entered into a time when we were separated from one another like we have been for these now uh, six weeks. Um, as I was counting this morning, this is the sixth Sunday that we have been doing uh, church this way, and I'm still not used to it. I, I, I really enjoy being in your company, and, and I'm thankful for the praise team and the band members who sit out here to give me faces to connect with. Um, but I'm looking forward to the time when we can all be back together. Uh, Harold and Philip and I have been talking together and planning about how we will do church when, uh, when we're allowed to come back together. We're not sure when that is yet, uh, but we are planning and talking about how that will happen. And it's going to be very different from what we've been used to, especially in those beginning days of coming back together. So we would ask you to just be praying that God will help us all. Uh, as we're given responsibility for uh, bringing the family together in due time. Uh, but until then, just continue to lift each other up in prayer, take opportunity to tune in uh, to church services and Bible studies. Not, not only with First Church, there's a host of them available out there. I've been tuning in to many different ones, and, and I've been blessed uh, by my fellow servants uh, in the Lord's service and, and I encourage you to do the same. Someone recommended to me that I watch the series Chosen. I believe it was, was Michael that, 
uh, Jeffers that recommended that I watch that, and I started watching and could not quit watching. And so I recommend that series to you. You can download the the app, uh, the Chosen, um, and there's a variety. You can go to YouTube and and connect that way. But it is an excellent series about the life and the ministry of Jesus. And it's different from any other series like it that I've looked at in the years gone by, but I highly recommend that to you. This season has been um, a time of reflection for all of us. I think, I think we're starting to feel like we are uh, party to a monastic society. You know, we're kind of separated from one another, and, and it's giving us plenty of time to connect with God, to reflect upon our relationship with Him, reflect upon our lives. It is amazing how systems can be built up around our lives and our daily living more than we realize to where we begin to kind of just rotely go through routines. And this has truly brought us to a, uh, to a new place, a, a, a place of, of, of humility, if you will, where we have been stripped of a lot of the trappings that, that were a part of our uh, successful lives, if you will, as we looked upon our, our lives as being everything that we needed them to be. And this week, there was a passage of Scripture in my daily Bible reading time that particularly uh, touched my heart as we're moving through this season. And I'm going to read from there in just a bit, Luke 18, and the verse that we're going to begin with is verse 9. I'm going to read from the New King James Version this morning, but it's a story that is familiar to you. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start reading and kind of pause as I'm reading through it to, to bring us back to a remembrance of the dynamics of what's happening here in this parable that Jesus offers. So it's not, it's not uh, something that actually happened, it's a parable about something that might have happened. And Jesus spoke it uh, to a crowd of people who had so uh, built up around themselves a perception of who they were that they had lost, uh, uh, they had lost sight of who they, who they were in the sight of God. And so Jesus uses this parable to connect with that group of people. So beginning with verse 9 in Luke 18, Jesus, it says, Jesus spoke this parable to some who trusted in themselves that they were righteous and these people despised those around them. He says, two men went up to the temple to pray one a Pharisee, and the other a tax collector. So the Pharisee was a part of the ruling religious society, if you will. And they, they were a group of people who were considered to be experts in the law of God that had been handed down to Moses uh, years before. And so they had spent their lives studying the law, making application of the law, and they tended to come to a place in their lives where they had a confidence in their understanding of the law more than they had confidence in God Himself. They kind of lost their way as they became experts in their particular uh, lifestyles. And so there was a Pharisee and there was a tax collector. Now the tax collector was a person who levied taxes on all of his fellow Israelites and collected that money to be sent to Rome. And whatever he collected above what Rome required became his living. The more powerful a tax collector was, the more he could require of people 
and, and provide a, a luxurious living for himself. So as you can imagine, tax collectors became known as sinners in that society who were taking advantage of their neighbors and they were despised by many. So Jesus says, here's a man who's held in high esteem, the Pharisee, and here's a man who is despised, a tax collector, and they've come to the place of prayer. And as they're in the temple praying, the Pharisee stood and he prayed thus with himself is what it says. He prayed to be heard of others. He prayed because he was impressed with who he was in the sight of his neighbors. And he said, God, I thank you that I am not like other men, extortioners, unjust, adulterers, or even as this tax collector. I fast twice a week. I give tithes of all that I possess. And the tax collector, standing afar off, would not so much as raise his eyes to heaven, but beat his breast saying, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. I tell you, Jesus said, this man, the tax collector, went down to his house justified rather than the other, the Pharisee. For everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, and he who humbles himself will be exalted. Let's pray. Father, as we look to Your Word today, we pray that You would reach into our lives with this passage of Scripture. And God, that You would draw us closer to Yourself as we see ourselves for who we really are in Your sight. Lord, we pray that You would save us from the temptation to bargain with You about how we are deserving of Your blessings. God, we pray that You would give us the spirit of the tax collector. That we would be so humbled in Your presence that we would not even be able to look up to heaven, but that we would bow before You asking for Your hand to be extended to us in our hour of need. Lord, bless this time, and may Your name be glorified because of this time. And it's in Jesus' name that we ask it. Amen. You know, it is amazing how many times in our lifetimes we have been given to bargaining with God. I've heard people pray, and it's not necessarily a bad prayer, but it's something that comes to my attention this morning because of this passage. Have you ever heard someone pray, Lord, we ask for your blessing on brother, you fill in the blank, or on sister, you fill in the name, because they have walked with you all the days of their lives, and Lord, he's a good man, she's a good woman, and we pray, Lord, that you would extend your hand of mercy to them because of their righteous lives through the years. We've prayed prayers like that. And they sound good, but think about that prayer in light of what Jesus is saying here in this passage of Scripture. The Pharisee stood in the temple area in the place of prayer, and he talked about himself more than he talked to God. He he presented his resume of how he had paid his tithes and how he was living according to the law, how he had devoted his life to helping others understand what God expected of them in the living of their daily lives. He presented his resume and said, God, because of all of this, I am worthy to receive the blessing that you would bring to my life. And Jesus said, over across the way, standing at a distance, Standing in the shadows, if you will, almost embarrassed to be in the house of the Lord because of what he knew about himself. In humility, he beat upon his chest, which is a sign of desperate need. 
would not even look up toward the heavens, but just uttered, mumbled, if you will, a prayer with his head bowed, God, have mercy on me, a sinner. And Jesus told those who were gathered around him, the man who humbled himself in the presence of God went home justified, went home blessed that day, went home with God's touch upon his life, rather than the one who rehearsed his resume of all his religious accomplishments and how he should be admired because of his love for God. It's incredible how life can get in the way of our walk with the Lord. And it is amazing how during this episode of coronavirus that we have been brought to uh, ground zero, if you will. We've been brought back to a very level place at the foot of the cross. Every one of us are subject to this pandemic. We are not exempt. We are all having to be careful. We are all calling upon the mercy of the Lord to be poured out in our lives. This has not been a time that we would wish upon ourselves, but I really believe that the further we get into this time, and once we get beyond this season, we will look upon this time in history as being a time that brought us all closer to God Himself. A time that has allowed us to be stripped of the religious observances that became so much of what church was about. Now we're not allowed to gather in the church house, but as everyone's reminded us, the church has not ceased to exist because of that. Because the church, the church are all of us who are redeemed in the name of Christ by His blood being poured out at Calvary. So the church marches on. While the church houses are closed, God is showing us there's more to being the church than the ornate places of worship and education that we have established on on this earth. God is humbling us. God is bringing us to ourselves. God is helping us to realize it doesn't matter what your resume is. We all have to social distance. It doesn't matter how powerful we have perceived ourselves to be. The most powerful people among us are locked away that they might be spared becoming victim to this this virus really not a bad thing when you think about it in terms of humbling us. There are times when we need to be brought back to ourselves. There are times when in our haughtiness we become distanced from God. I think about Peter saying to his Lord, I will go with you to the ends of the earth. I will follow you to the death if need be. And yet on the night that Jesus was arrested, the Scripture says Peter followed at a distance. Jesus was being escorted to the the home of the high priest where all of the shenanigans would begin, where where the trials would begin to happen and the beatings would begin to happen. And Peter followed at a distance. He was sure that when the moment came, when the moment came for him to stand by the Lord, that he would stand by the Lord. But when times became difficult, he followed at a distance. Arriving at the courtyard of the high priest, he sat down with some people who had built a fire there in the courtyard. And and as they're talking together, and Peter's seated there with them, there's a person in the circle that says, 
you, you were with him. And Peter says, I don't know that man. A little bit of time passed and someone else said, you were, you were one of his followers. I don't know what you're talking about. And about an hour later, finally another person said, you are one of the Galileans. You definitely are one of his followers. And with cursings, Peter denied that he even knew the Lord. You never dreamed that something like that would happen in the life of Peter, the great apostle. But it did. We never dreamed that busy lives and church uh, as a routine would separate us from a true walk with the Lord. But it has at times. Sometimes we've been so busy with life, so busy with church, so busy with doing good, that we didn't have time to sit down and have a little talk with Jesus. And one thing coronavirus has done is it's given us plenty of time to talk with Him. But more than that, it has quieted our resumes. Finally, when I go into His presence, I go asking for one thing more than anything else. I'm not asking for, Lord, give me a good message for this Sunday. Do I care about having God's message? I do. But the priority in my prayer life has been, God, save our church family from coronavirus. Lord, have mercy on us. Blow this pandemic from the face of the earth. And then I realized this week, humility has brought us to praying real prayers. Prayers of dependence upon the hand of the Almighty. No more, Lord, give me, give me, give me. But Lord, have mercy, have mercy, have mercy. The Pharisee came into the presence of prayer, convincing God why he was worthy to receive the outpouring from on high. The tax collector, I'm a sinner. I'm not even worthy to be in your presence. Have mercy on me. And God answered his prayer because it was a prayer of, of true humility and contrition. Everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, and he who humbles himself will be exalted. Hey, folks. Coronavirus has humbled me. Never in my life have I been put on a leash like I've been on these last six weeks. I was talking with my dad the other day. Dad will be 89 in September. I said, Dad... Can you ever remember a time like this in your lifetime? He said, never. The closest 
He said he had ever come was when they had rationing during the days of World War II when he was a boy. I asked Becky's mom the other day, I said, Molly, Molly was, uh, is 93 years old, born in 1927. Nine years before her birth was the flu epidemic of eight, 1918. I asked her, I said, Molly, do you remember any of your people talking about the flu? She said, yes, I do. She said, one of my aunts died during that flu epidemic because of the flu. We are living in times that have not been known for generations. And I believe that God is using it for good. Because when we humble ourselves, the outpouring of heaven becomes real in our lives. When we exalt ourselves, we put God in a position that causes Him to withhold His blessing. Lord, have mercy on me. Lord, have mercy on us. Lord, save us. It's one thing to say those words. It's another thing to desperately mean it. I can't wait for coronavirus to be gone. But I must say, God has used these six weeks to bring me to a place that maybe I never would have come to if it had not been for these days. How about you? What's happening in your life? What's happening in your walk with God? What's happening in your relationships with your family? What has become priority? What has become unimportant? What has finally taken the back burner that was so much the focus of your existence before all of this happened? It's true. All things work together for good to those who love God and are called according to His purpose. It's true. God is good all the time. God have mercy on us. We need you. Father, this morning, we pray that you would find us sincerely humbled in your presence. That we might receive from your hand, Lord, what we could never provide for ourselves. Forgive us, Lord, for allowing religious idols to grow up around us. Church routines that really came to take your place in our lives. Going through religious observances that brought some satisfaction to our spirits, but kept us from that deeper walk. And Lord, during this time, 
You've brought us to a place in, in church life that we have never known before. But the further we move into this time of isolation, the more we experience Your real presence in our lives. And for that, Lord, we are thankful. We don't want coronavirus. But Lord, we thank You today that nothing in all of creation can separate us from You and from Your love in Christ Jesus. And we're learning that lesson in new ways in these days. And so in the spirit of the tax collector, Lord, we dare not even raise our eyes to heaven, but we, we ask You to be merciful to us. For we are sinners who are only saved by Your grace that was poured out at the cross. We don't deserve Your blessing. We don't deserve Your goodness. But we long for Your mercy and Your goodness to be poured out in our lives. Lord, thank You for spiritual life that is being poured out in us in these days when we have been so challenged because of a physical threat around us. Be with us this week. Draw us ever nearer to your side that we might find in you everything we need. And it's in Jesus' name we ask it. Amen. Oh 
心。